This podcast episode is brought to you by Derm Health Co., Australia's only skin health platform with over 700 qualified practitioners, treatment providers, and support groups. Derm Health Co. exists to provide education, community, and treatment options to support the health of skin following trauma, disease, or injury. We serve the patient, the carer, and the practitioner through unique solutions tailored to every single step of the skin health journey, from discovery and first diagnosis to treatment options, community support networks, through to providing a source of referrals for practitioners. Visit us at www.dermhealth.co. Whether you have a skin interest, a skin query, a skin trauma, or skin disease, I warmly welcome you to Heal Thy Skin, a podcast brought to you by Derm Health Co. I'm Marnie, dermal clinician, dermoscopist, and your podcast host. Skin is deeper than beauty, and our mission is to build the largest platform of specialized practitioners focused on skin health and skin empowerment. Join me each week where we go deep into the skin and beyond to hear stories and education from leading practitioners on a journey of skin health. Welcome to the Heal Thy Skin podcast. I'm Marnie, your host, and today I'm speaking with Jimmy Nichols, founder and CEO of Beard Season. Beard Season started from a challenge between mates and was inspired following a close friend's death due to melanoma. The Beard Season mission is to champion the early detection of melanoma, the deadliest form of skin cancer. Thus, Jimmy's goal is to sell his beard for a million dollars to fund the world's first national skin check program. Over the course of eight long years, Beard Season has gone from a side project and been turned into a sustainable, highly impactful, life-saving charity. Listen with us as we learn more about this cause that deserves to enjoy an inspiring global presence. Plus, Jimmy shares his story on why Sir Richard Branson was a guy that was the first person to trim his beard since the beginning of Beard Season. Jimmy shares how his journey of losing a best mate to melanoma inspired the inception of Beard Season, a global movement, and I started by asking him what he thought was the biggest misconception about growing a beard. The big questions that I get with the beard, how long have you been growing it for? Do you get food stuck in it? When was the last time you washed it? All this kind of stuff. But the whole beard thing has changed a lot in the last 10 years since I've been growing it. So they've, they've kind of become a bit more mainstream now compared to when I first started. Yes, and we might hear some of those answers to those misconceptions a bit later in the show. But can you tell us where all this began? Yeah, well, it's kind of a sad story. We had a really good mate called Wes Bonnie, who we went to college with in Canberra and we kind of came from all around the country so it was a really good mix of people and we were at college together and just having the time of our lives and after we all kind of left uni and went our separate ways he when he was 24 I think had a little spot on his neck that didn't he didn't realize was as bad as it was until he kind of got a follow-up check and saw someone properly about it and by that time, it had gotten into his system, turned out to be a pretty aggressive melanoma. And then he went through all the treatments, things, and basically got taken down rather like horrifically from a 
Yeah, really aggressive brain tumour and died when he was 26 in the prime of his life. And yeah, it was horrible. Mm, what a tragic story. Yeah. So when he died, we all were at his wake in the kind of country club where he grew up near Adolescent in the uh, middle of New South Wales. And we just decided, look, we've got to do something. This is crazy. We didn't realise melanoma was such a young person thing. And we decided to focus on early detection because we realised that melanoma is one of the most treatable cancers if it's found early certainly is and on a recent episode we had a dermatologist say that one of the biggest misconceptions they thought about melanoma was in fact that people thought it was an old people disease and we certainly know Mm. that it's not so why beards and why men well very good question so previously i was i came from adland advertising and i was a copywriter so every time a brief landed on your desk it had your target audience your main core message and what you can use to get that message across. So for me, this was a bit of a brief. The brief was we want to stop people from dying from melanoma and that was kind of it. So I was like, who's our target audience? And I found that, like you said before, it's not crusty old people who lounge around like lizards on the beach. We're the biggest cancer killer for young people, age 18 to 45. And from that group, the majority of people, I think the 69% of melanoma deaths in Australia as of a couple of years ago are men. So mm. male, young, and in Adland, they're like the hardest people to talk to to buy a bag of chips or whatever compared to that to telling them to go to a doctor and get a skin check is a really hard kind of brief. So... <laughs> So you saw it as a challenge or yeah. so that this like, just became... How are we going to make the biggest impact to those most at risk? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, this is our target audience and we want to tell them to get checked because no one's doing that in that space at the moment. So Australia's leading the world in prevention, slip, slap, slap, but, uh, and research and treatment, we're killing it. But there was this massive gap we found that like no one was telling people to get checked, which we thought was crazy. So we thought, let's focus on that. Anyway, so beards i realized we needed something all about commitment because it takes a lot like getting a skin check is one of those things everyone knows they need to do but like never gets around to it and it takes time out of your day you got to make an appointment you got to go to the doctor and spend that time with like it's a big thing that we're asking people to do so we needed something all about commitment and for some random spooky reason there were these farmers in the corner of the bar that had epic beards and we all for some reason just clicked and went well let's grow beards back in those days no one our age had beards so we were like let's grow beards they're all about commitment we'll do it for winter and call winter beard season and as it turns out winter's the best time to get a skin check and we thought we'd if we did that every time someone asks us about our beard we'll tell them about where and tell them to get a skin check so they kind of became walking talking billboards And what it did is turn those most at risk, aka like us, blokes like us doing it, into the biggest advocates for the solution. Yeah. And um, since since then, facial hair is all the rage. Um, (laughs) And, you know, the famous line, winter is coming. So there's (laughs) so whether maybe, never know, beard season might have been the instigator of these trends. Yeah, it all kind of fell into place a lot. And I think we kind of 
you know, I won't say we did at all, but it was definitely we hooked into a trend when it was happening, kind of before it was happening. Yeah. I uh, sound like a hipster. And we fueled it with all these kind of cool things. So, like, in the first year, there was only, like, a handful of us blokes. And after that first one, I had, like, six or seven people write in saying, hey, mate, thanks for chatting to me at the beach or at a festival or wherever. I got a check and I found something that could have killed me. So, for that, for me, was my big thing. And so, that's when I decided to kind of keep growing so what did the first 12 months of beard season look like you had a couple of mates you all got together grew beards over winter and did you just start speaking to people yeah it was kind of just a bit of a laugh and i'd set myself this challenge to meet someone new every day and tell them the thing so it's a really good lesson for everyone that wants to do something is just do it every day and make just challenge yourself to do it so every day i spoke to someone told them to get a skin check and then to keep me accountable I got a photo with them um and like did the point so <laughs> from like old advertising in like the <laughs> 70s and 80s you used to point at the stupid product or whatever it was so <laughs> the point became the challenge so this person was getting a check so in each photo I got I was always pointing to them and then this is like before Instagram, Facebook and all that kind of stuff. I think Facebook was there. So basically I'd tag them in that picture. So immediately it went from a conversation to a thing which people could see and then a story and then I'd share it with them. So then they would share it with their friends ideally and that's kind of how it grew. But it all kind of started with that one-on-one conversation. Yeah, so it started to grow organically. And was there a specific moment in time that you thought this is actually really going somewhere where it perhaps just started to grow legs of its own? I think we got some really good media in the start, which was really helpful. Kind of beards are, and back in the day, they were way more talkable. Like you walk down the street now and every like third or fourth guy has a bit of facial hair. But back in the day, they were really kind of, you know, big talk point and so we got some really good media and got on the got on channel seven channel nine and lots of more people kind of took notice but i think building that social media presence and that story just made it way more genuine and way more relatable for people so they were part of something then so every person we met kind of gets bolted onto the story kind of and they're I think that community feel is what really kept me to keep the idea going. Yeah, absolutely. And they become an advocate for the brand straight away because they see a photo of themselves on your social media account. Yeah. And they don't have to have a beard or anything to do that. It's just that they saw something, got checked, and then all of a sudden they're part of this thing and they can then tell their friends to do the same. And did you ever imagine that beard season would have the global impact that it has today? Not at all. Like, it's pretty surreal. Like, I was in, this is going to sound weird, but uh, I was over at Coachella a few years ago on a random mission. And I was literally, I stayed at this kind of house and was walking home and there was no one. It was like a desert. And then all of a sudden, this person walked past and he was like, oh, Jimmy. You do beard season. I've been doing beard season down in Alabama or wherever he was from. 
great wow. work. Keep it up. And I was like, oh, this is so weird. And yeah, like even yesterday, we had a big meeting, this corporate. And just as I was walking into the meeting, someone yells out, Jimmy, look what you bloody did to me and points at his leg. And he's had this like, thing chopped out of it. And like, it's just so awesome to see one that people know about what you're doing, but like why and, and what, how they can get involved. Like, it's just so good. And it's good, very good to see. But mm. I had no idea it would be this big. Because how long has it been now since that initial season? Oh, it would be 10 years this year from when Wes passed away. So it's kind of been charity for like seven years or eight years now. And then I've been full-time in it for the last kind of 18 months. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. What's been perhaps three of the standout moments in the history of beard season? When I was doing some research for this, I actually saw this fantastic video of Sir Richard Branson trimming your beard <laughs> with a kitchen knife. That <laughs> was, that was just, a bar knife. yeah, that video. It was just the most random and hilarious <laughs> video. Um, yeah. So that was probably my like. Actually, that was probably the, my second most. The first most, which was really interesting and really pushed me, was I was working with at this agency at the time and we went to a, to TEDx in Sydney at the Opera House and they did this thing where we were like, they haven't done this before, but TEDx is all about ideas we're spreading. We're going to put it out to the audience. If you have an idea that you want to get out there, come down to the stage and tell us and we'll see how you go. And so... I was like, oh, this would be interesting. And my boss at the time nudged me and was like, mate, get up there. And I was like, seriously, like we're in a room. This is like 20,000 people here, however many people. And he's like, seriously, like this isn't about you. It's about what you're like. It's way more than you. It's about the thing that you need to get out there. And Mm -hmm. you need to realize that like you have to do, you owe it to your mate and to the cause that, you need to get this out there as much as you can. And this is the perfect opportunity. So I went down there and they picked me and I spoke last and I used that 30 seconds on stage to challenge everyone in the room to get a check. I treated it like an ad and I basically said, this is why we're doing it. I need to tell as many people as I can to get a check. Now, what I want you to do is take a photo of me and share it to your socials and challenge all your friends to get a check, but make sure you get checked too. And then I just stood there for the rest of the 15 seconds of pointing at my beard and <laughs> everyone was like, what? And they pulled out their phones or everyone took a photo. And then the next year, this warm, I went to TEDx again and this woman came up in tears. She has three kids and she said, because of that thing that you did, I went and got checked, found stage three or four melanoma and I'm alive today because of that one thing, that 30 seconds. And that really like rocked me, Um, just how powerful a simple message can be. So that was a big kicker. And then um, the Branson thing, uh, I literally met him in an elevator. No, a mate of mine, I'd basically put all the stuff out to the universe And I'm like, this is who I want to meet. This is what I want to do, blah, blah, blah. And then for some reason it happens. (laughs) uh, My mate's just upstairs just orchestrating all this stuff, I reckon. But um, I wanted to meet Branson. He's he's got a beard. He's in business, one of the most recognizable business people in the world. I want to meet him. So my mate knew he was in town and rang me and said, where are you? 
get here now. He is in the foyer of this hotel. So I literally ran and he popped out of the elevator. I said hello. I told him I'd like to get a photo with you and I'd want to challenge you to get a skin check. And anyway, we got a photo. Didn't hear back from him for ages. I was like shaking like a twig in a hurricane. (laughs) Don't know how I even managed to get what I said out. But like it was crazy. And then two months later, his office in London got in touch and said, we'd like to do a story on beard season. And Richard loves the idea. So that was huge. And then it was like half a year later, this opportunity popped up to go to Necker Island to do like a leadership course. And it cost a fortune, but I raised through our community the money to go over there. And as soon as I got there, after sailing around the island and having cocktails and all that kind of stuff, we went up to the bar in his house kind of thing. And he stopped this big conversation. Everyone was trying to crawl over each other to like get there two seconds with him. He stopped the conversation, leant over, grabbed my arm and said, Jimmy, thank you for introducing yourself to me in Sydney that time. I went and got a skin check and found a couple of things in my shoulders that I had no idea about. Wow. And I'm really glad you're here. And though that moment was just crazy. Yeah, so really, you know, I ran home wide. That Sir Richard Branson would have a full-time doctor that was doing regular skin check for him, but yeah. it just shows that Mate, everybody needs to book yeah. a skin check no matter who you are. Exactly. So like I spoke at a ball the other day and all these do- to, to all these doctors and I asked them when they'd last had a check. If uh, Put up your hand if you had a check in the last 12 months and only probably 10% of the room put their hand up. Like it's just one of those things. So, yeah. So how did you get from Necker Island to then him trimming your beard? Oh, so that was at <laughs> Necker Island a few days later and we were like, okay, we've only got one or two days left here. What are we going to do? And everyone was kind of lining up for their bloody LinkedIn profile picture. You know, like, yeah, this is me and Richard Branson. So I was like, how would he think and what would he like? And I thought, so we're on a mission to raise a million bucks to fund a national skin check program. And so I wasn't like, okay, I can't just ask this bloke for a million bucks at his house. Like, it's a bit rude. So I was like, how can I get him involved in the story more? So I thought... I've had this beard for however long it was then. It's never been trimmed. I was like, what if I got him to be the first person to trim it and then use that trimming to make a paintbrush that we could do an artwork series with, which we can auction off <laughs> to add to the million dollar tally. What but an idea. That to him. I just said, Richard, I don't just want a photo. I want you to be the first person to trim the million dollar beard. And he was like, sounds great. And I was like, I don't have any scissors on me. He's like, don't worry. He yelled, he, asked, he yelled at his barman. He chucked him a bar knife and then he just started hacking into it. And I, I couldn't believe it. it was, I felt like I was losing a limb. But it was amazing. It was such a good moment. And we turned it into a paintbrush and it's now being used by four or five artists. And we're basically passing that around to all these amazing people to do an artwork. Wow. Around the harsh Australian sun and its impact on our character and landscape. <laughs> Two huge <laughs> mammoth moments. And, and the a third, third was, I'll keep it short because those two were very long, but at a dinner party on Hamilton Island where we'd been doing skin checks for the last three years, Justin Hems, who runs Mary Vale, you might know him, he's an amazing businessman. He literally walked up and said, Jimmy, 
I know who you are and I know what you're trying to do and I want to help. And that kind of blew me away. And basically that prompted me to quit my job, go all in on working with them. And we've just finished doing a thousand skin checks this summer at the Newport, the Collaroy and the Coogee Pavilion, some of their most famous venues. And we found 608 suspect lesions. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, huge. And the way that was implemented across your socials was just fantastic as well because it was a busy area. You know, while everyone's out there baking, sitting in the sun for hours and hours on end, mm. you are offering skin checks. What a great initiative. Yeah. And a free beer. <laughs> <laughs> what Aussie would say no. I know. But we seriously, it was mm. just was so perfect because people had never gotten checked before could not avoid it and because it was a nice friendly relaxed environment it was just it made the whole experience like irresistible and by the end of it we had lines of a hundred plus people lining up in the mornings every single morning like it was ridiculous and for every 10 for every person we checked we had to turn 10 away like wow. we just couldn't keep up and the amount of people who found stuff was just crazy. Like I'm not a doctor or anything, but the stuff that we were seeing, you just, yeah, makes yeah. your skin crawl. Clear but, um, indicators some, to, yeah, yeah, cancer. But just people just never got around to it or never had the opportunity. So for us, that pop-up clinic thing is our, that's what we really want to do. That's where the rubber hits the road with our charity. So mm. that's what we want to be able to bring all around the country. And it's taken us years and years and years and years to get it kind mm. of right. Like we've still got heaps we can improve, but yeah, it's a big, hardworking, massive impact project. Yeah. So one of your KPIs is the use, or maybe your only KPI is the use of a certain hashtag, which I just yeah. love. It's really innovative. Tell <laughs> us about this and the impact that it has. Well, going back to the kind of brief and the star inspiration of everything, like it's good to do an ad or do something, but if there's no like clear measure of what you're doing, like it's kind of really hard to justify or keep it going. So I was like, we need something to measure everything by and people who find something because of what we're doing are our like main focus. So our hashtag is, we got three main hashtags. Our main one is, Beard season victories, and they're people from all around the world who've found something which not necessarily could kill them, but like something that's like needed a biopsy or was potentially skin cancer or melanoma. And that's ideally every if you see it on social, we have three kind of we work in threes. So the main one is our beard season victories, and then they're not necessarily sexy to look at on Instagram, but there are. That's our main focus. And then yeah. the, the second one would be beard season skin checks or like people getting checked and doing the pop-up clinics or telling people to get checked is like how we do that. And then beard season ambassadors. So people who are engaged in what we're doing, who are signing up every winter to grow their beards or people who are spreading the word for us. So that's mm. our three kind of things that we always work towards. Yeah. yeah. So beard season takes place every winter. So what happens for the rest of the year? I mean, you you were doing skin checks in summer. Yeah. Well, yeah, like this is the first time we've done summer stuff, really. Like we're always kind of doing stuff all around the year on our socials. But these summer skin check sessions was just 
massive and like it's never been done before on this scale i think the only other time basically i sat on a round table for the government to about screening for different screening programs for like all kinds of different cancers so bowel cervical lung and one of them was skin and it was quite underwhelming like there's a room full of 60 experts and none of them supported a national screening program they just said there's no evidence to support it so i looked at the evidence and the last time something was done i think was in queensland not sure if it's cancer cancer but anyway you guys might be able to tell me but basically they screened i think it was like 780 people in like a year or two years or something and it was all paper-based no massive consistency anyway i might be slagging someone off here but i'm sorry (laughs) but um (laughs) basically it was eight in 11 days yeah smashed it like it was and what we need to do is gain evidence to support federal funding ideally so every single check we do is like massively high quality minimum standard using the same platform no it's not paper-based it's all digital and ideally plugging into ai which has never existed before like it has now so ideally we can table something to the government to get further action on the issue so Mm. that's why this summer activation was such an important case study so it was a huge amount of effort to go and get that all up and running but ideally we all want to do stuff around the calendar and maybe beard season is just a part of that yearly activity yeah amazing so really it's a way to uh, gather statistics on out of how many um, skin checks this is how many may be suspicious and then if you can follow up and see how many will biopsy and actually skin cancer mm. that show pretty strong evidence yeah and I, like, yeah the, there's, there's a guy really inspirational guy or girl i'm not sure but a, a couple maybe they did the they wanted to do the sydney harbour bridge climb and everyone said no you can't do it so they said instead of saying no tell me why I can't do this. And they gave them a big list of stuff. And then they spent the next few years or however many years ticking all those no's or turning them all into yeses. Mm. (laughs) And this is a similar kind of thing. Like I really believe because I've seen it firsthand with our pop-up clinics that we are saving lives and I think it needs to exist. And however it needs to exist, whether it's in partnership with other institutions or blah, blah, blah. But like I'm just going to work tooth and nail to tick those turn those any no's out there into yeses and make it happen so yeah so what would you like to see change in the melanoma detection and diagnosis space maybe talk more about that big million dollar idea that you mentioned yeah. <laughs> i reckon australia is leading the world in prevention treatment and research but there's a massive gap in early detection and I think it's quite an unregulated space. I'm sure it exists somewhere, but I'd really love to see it. Maybe the listeners can help with this, is a register of people that I can recommend people go to to get checked. There's so many chop shops out there that are making money off cutting stuff out. There's only five or 600 registered dermatologists in Australia, which I think is crazy. And maybe there needs to be another group of people who specialize in just skin checking because I think a lot of those dermatologists lean towards the cosmetic side more than the cancer side. So I think that needs to change as well. 
and I think access to specialists. So I think you can currently Medicare bulk bill a consult, which is $38 or something for a skin check, but it's a lot of doctors charge up, upwards of $300 and take three or four months to get in to get checked. And I think there needs to be a kind of a ruler drawn through the industry to go, this is the minimum standard that people need to give a skin check and this is people who we know are accredited to give them and it will cost you next like not a lot to do it to make it accessible for people and then alongside that hopefully will be that way people can see people knowing that they're getting a good quality minimum level of service instead of seeing shonky doctors who go nah you're all right mate you got olive skin don't worry about it people die because of that and if we can be alongside all that providing free educational pop-up clinics to targeted to places where people are most at risk like regional places people where people work outside live outside then we're going to make their first skin check a really enjoyable positive experience that they want to get to do again that's a lot <laughs> yeah it, it makes sense it really needs to come from the top but also from the bottom down. So, you know, educating people on the reasons why they need skin checks, but then also from the top to be able to have Medicare rebates for not just doctors, because I think currently Medicare rebates are really only provided for by mm. doctors and by dermatologists, where there's lots of other practitioners that yeah, uh, work demoscopy, but they have to charge exactly. privately because yeah. they can't necessarily because yes, we need to support the industry, I think we need we need more yeah. support for so, training, um, better pay, and better standards. I think yeah, a whole round. So coming back to the beard, <laughs> <laughs> it has been touted as one of the most famous beards in modern times. Ah, so well, <laughs> what's uh, your secret to maintaining the luscious locks? Million dollar beard oil, which is. Voted in the Swedish Beauty Awards as one of the world's leading beard oils. It beat Tom Ford Fitting. and uh, David Beckham's product, which we're very proud of. But it's glorious. <laughs> Love um, it. And it took a long time to perfect. There's a lot of beard oils out there that you wouldn't even oil your front patio with, let alone, you know, your chin mane. So it took a long time to develop it and proceeds of that go to our checks. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, it's Million Dollar Beard Oil. You can find it at wherever you get that stuff. <laughs> Our website. Yep. And well, <laughs> it will be on my And is the beard here to stay? Raise the million dollars. So I'd say we're probably a quarter, maybe a third-ish of the way there. But my goal is to have it done by the end of winter. So this winter is like a big war cry to anyone who wants to get on board. I reckon we can get there. We've got a ball booked in in September sometime at the Ivy Ballroom in the middle of Sydney, and that's where I want to shave it off in one piece and put it in a glass case like a trophy for our biggest donor. Love it. So what's next for beard season? Well, I think now we need to consolidate after our summer skin check sessions and then wrap that up as a bit of a case study that we can promote in the media and talk about how good it was and then ideally get on board a whole heap of other corporate partners that can help us do checks whether that's at their offices or at their events that they already sponsor or 
places like that, and then get ready for winter. Mm. Mm. So for anyone that is wanting to know more about beard season and the yes. work that you do, where can they find more about the projects that's coming up? Well, you can follow us on social media. So if you just type in beard season, we hopefully will come up. We've got the little blue tick now on Instagram, which has been fantastic. So legit. That's, we're legit apparently. So <laughs> yeah, follow us on there and write into us. I think all of our contacts, I think even my numbers on there. So if you want to give us a call, but yeah, super keen to work with everybody and anyone to kind of make melanoma history, I think. So um, yeah, if anyone wants to chip in and get involved, we're super open and really keen to work with everyone. So that would be fantastic. And if anyone has been inspired to get a skin check due to this episode, yes. they should tag, what was the social media tag again they should use? Mm, tag us at the season. And then you can write beard season skin check if you've got that done or uh, if you found something, just hashtag at beard season victories and we'll repost it and tell your story and encourage more people to get checked. And then, yeah, just make sure you get all your friends and family to book it in, tell them to stop putting it off, get it done. Great advice. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Jimmy, and congratulations on all the huge achievements and skin cancers found because of beard season. Thank you, Marnie. It's an honour. And um, thank you. if we all work together and get it done, we can really make a massive dent in this, our national cancer. Absolutely. What an absolute legend. Jimmy was such a pleasure to listen to and speak with. He has such a presence and just everything that he has done has just been incredible. I'm very inspired by um, Beard Season and the achievements of what they've done with their Skin Check program. The three deeper than skin insights that stood out to me were number one, Well, the grief and loss of a friend is a tragedy that can absolutely change the course of someone's life. And despite this difficulty, I just found the dedication to the cause so inspiring. What a beautiful way it is to honour a dear friend. And a decade later, this cause is still saving lives. Um, Following this episode, Beard Season announced that their summer challenge that um, Jimmy spoke about did 1,008 skin checks and in that they found a suspect of 608 suspect spots that will need to have further investigation. So if that isn't staggering, you know, amount of information that we need to go on and do these national skin check programs, I don't know what is. Number two, simple, get a skin check. And number three, I don't need to say much more than clever marketing and important cause and a good attitude goes a really long way. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed speaking with Jimmy. Did you enjoy it? If so, we would love for you to leave a review on your podcast app. Simply open the episode, scroll down to the bottom and leave a five-star review with your favorite takeaway points. 
Be sure to keep up to date with the shenanigans and life-saving champions or campaigns of Jimmy Niggles and Bid Season by visiting them on social media and the link is in the show notes. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Heal Thy Skin podcast. Until next week, stay skin-powered.